Hello and welcome to Tarot Electric. I am Mary Schock. Welcome to the show today. I'm so happy to be sharing time and space with all of you airwaves. And I've got a tarot deck in my hand, of course, obviously, and I'm going to pull a card for each one of you listening the guidance that you need to hear in this present moment for your highest and greatest good across time and space. I'm going to pull a tarot card just for you. Yeesh, yeesh. Okay, I got the three of swords and then I checked the bottom of the deck to see if I could get something else to to kind of help with with this card and I pulled up the devil now these are cards that I've been dealing with today and um, so I guess it's just here here to talk about and we're gonna talk about it I'm sure a hundred percent that it's relevant for me and I'm also sure that it's relevant for you in one way or another. So take what resonates to you and leave the rest, but there's really something here for all of us. The Three of Swords, it's a harsh card. You know the image. I'm using the Rider Waite deck, but this is pretty universal across across many, many decks. Um, it's a big heart with three swords right through it. And this is a very, it's an ancient symbol and it's a very old tradition in the tarot. I mean, you're not going to see a big heart on the Marseille decks. That's true. But this image was in the Sola Busca deck. And um, and then Waite was able to resurrect it and bring it in to this Rider Waite Smith. So you know the image we're talking about. And it looks like heartbreak, and that's a lot of what it is. And it talks about pain, and it talks about loss, and it talks about trauma. For me, the Three of Cups often comes up, the Three of One, oh, shoot, what is this card? The Three of Swords. It comes up not always in the moment of experiencing trauma or experiencing loss or experiencing heartbreak, but it comes with the living of that experience, the living within and the consequences that follow with it. So it's not always the action that hurts us that this card wants to talk about, but it wants to talk about the aftermath and how we are still affected by our wounds, our pain, and our trauma, and how we really carry it with us in our heart. One of the keywords for this from weight is absence. So it's a lot of what we lose and how that loss stays with us. So when this card comes up, it's First of all, acknowledging pain that we've been through. It's honoring our traumas in a way that is the acknowledgement of it is important, right? Because this card says to us, we cannot repress our pain. 
We cannot let others repress or downplay our experiences with trauma. Instead, we need to look at these pieces of ourselves, honor them, and that, in my experience, is the first step to healing. That first step to healing is about uncovering what we keep hidden, to acknowledge, to call out, to name the pain, and really in that in that honoring and in that shedding light on, unveiling of pain, we start, we start to heal it in that moment. And that resonates to me with the devil as well, because the devil unearths our shadow self. So at this time, I think the guidance here to take away is to honor where you're hurt, to look at it, and let that be the beginning of the healing process. Look at ways in which you are ready to recreate yourself as someone who is healing and is healed. Look at the ways in which you can end cycles of abuse in your life, in your relationship, in your relationships with others and your relationship with yourself. Look at the ways in which you can end cycles of negative self-talk, negative thought cycles that you have within yourself. Look at the way you can allow your critical voice, your judgmental, your self-critical voice to be quieted to be calmed, and to find peace. These cards, they're all about healing, but they're about the healing that comes from the acknowledgement and the truth-telling of letting our pain out and letting it be there. So I hope that that resonates with all of you. It does resonate with me, but it's not my first experience. So this is what's interesting about tarot, right? Like if I was to just tell you how I'm feeling now and how what's happening for me in my life and my emotional life, the first place I want to go right away to I'm feeling wounded. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling my losses. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be the first place I'd go. So it just shows you the tarot. I mean, it'll pull up what's it, what it wants to pull up, you know? And even when we are going through periods of time where we're working on healing ourselves, rewriting cycles for ourselves, healing old wounds, it doesn't mean that we have to live in that space every moment of every day. And... A lot of the healing that can be done is being done on a deep emotional, spiritual level. So let yourself be freed by the knowledge that your highest self is always doing the work to heal you and to move you forward in your path. There's there's very little to be done. When I think of like the places where 
I've experienced trauma and my losses. I've dealt with them so much on the outside, you know, from like talk therapy to creating art to feeling depressed and then coming out of it and everything in between, you know? So, so for me, it's not like I'm dealing with this consciously at all times, but clearly it's happening. It's come up for me a bunch today. And, um, so it's there. It's always that we're something that that we're working on and that I'm working on. So anyway, tell me how that makes sense to you, right? I'd love to hear. Okay, so I'm basically just really excited to be talking to you all. This is a solo episode. It's just me and you, my friends. Um, To be honest, I wasn't completely sure about what I even had to say and what I wanted to talk about, but I just became so inspired and I'm grateful for the inspiration and I'm grateful for this platform and I'm grateful to everyone who listens to Tarot Electric. I'm really holding you all in my heart. Um, I'm going to do a quick update about events just so quickly. Um, We have Tarot Club Sunday, December 10th at 2 p.m. So that's 2 to 3.30 p.m. at Holy Underground Sunday, December 10th. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about the wheel on the 10th. It couldn't be more perfect. Okay, then that evening on the 10th at 9 p.m., we have Tarot and Cocktails at Golden West Cafe. It's me, it's Rain Alexander, it's Tarot, it's amazing cocktails. Please come join. It's going to be a complete gas, if you will. Um, See you there. And then we have Be More Astrology Club on Sunday December 17th at 7 p.m. to 8.30 at Meta Wellness Center in Hamden. You can go to my website. I'll put links to everything in the show notes. And we're going to talk all about the planets. It's going to be amazing. We're going to learn. We're going to share. We're going to really get into what the planets are all about. And um, that's it. I mean, I think that that's, that's basically what I've got to share Um, also I have gift certificates printed, so if anyone wants to purchase a magical gift for someone you love this holiday season, or even for those Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius birthdays coming up, please reach out to me. I have cute gift certificates printed up, and you can pick one up in Baltimore, or I will mail one to you, or I will mail one to your friend, and it can be for whatever you want. If you want to do a half an hour reading, if you want to do a full hour, readings are available in person in Baltimore, or via video chat, phone, email, you know, astral plane, whatever. Just get at me. I really want to read for your friends and family, so... Let me know. Um, What I felt like I really wanted to chat about was just kind of tell 
all of you what's going on in my life and then I was thinking that it might be fun for me to kind of do a year in review and think about everything that has been happening throughout 2017 for me and just kind of hash it all out. I think that this can be interesting and useful for everyone to listen to because tarot, it's a self-study. So a lot of times when I tell people I'm a professional tarot reader, they say, oh, how did you learn? And that's a great question. And it's also hard for me to answer because tarot is, like I said, a self-study. So you don't go to school for tarot. You know, there's no academy with a certificate that you have to get to learn tarot. And so many of us start our tarot journey just by having a deck, whether we picked it up ourselves or we're gifted it and we read the little white book inside and we just practice and we go, you know? So there's, there's a, there's no real easy answer for me to say, how did you learn? You know, because I, do I go to, well, I've been playing with tarot since I was about 12 years old and got my first deck. I really started getting into it after high school, playing with my friends. And I mean, that's minimal book reading for real. I read Rachel Pollock's Tarot Wisdom, not even the 78 Degrees of Tarot Wisdom, but the spiritual, it's called Tarot Wisdom by Rachel Pollock and it's spiritual teachings, and deeper meanings of tarot. So that was, I would highly recommend that to anyone, especially if you're just getting into tarot. And um, and really, that's that's how I learned it. It was from me reading for people and them saying, oh, this makes sense, that I started investing more and more time and, and, um, and study into tarot. But the real way that you learn is just by doing it. And maybe you read one book that sticks with you, you know. And now, of course, you can be following everyone on Instagram and reading a ton of blogs and everything else. But for me, there, I didn't even have those resources as much. I'm sure there were tarot things happening on the internet, but it wasn't quite available to me like I feel like it would be to most people today. Um, I'm sure there were tarot live blogs, live journals <laughs> that I was just not even a part of, you know? So, so because tarot is the self-directed study and so much of learning tarot, I find also comes from, uh, branching out and studying other realms of spirituality, healing modalities, uh, etc. that, I thought it would be interesting for everyone to hear what I've been up to this year and it might inspire you in your own self-studies of tarot. <sighs> I took some mugwort tincture before I started this podcast, so it might get a little loopy, it might get a little dreamy. I'm completely obsessed with mugwort. This has been a total mugwort year for me 
And if anyone wants a mugwort tincture, I'm super happy to share. So if you're in Baltimore, contact me if you want to trade or I'll just give you some mugwort tincture. And even if you're far away and you want some, do reach out because I definitely want to share this medicine. The mugwort, it's, it is intense though. You know, like I would reach out to me. I'd have a list of of things like warnings really with mugwort because it it is a strong medicine. So if you're a person that is prone to disassociating in a way that is uncomfortable and unpleasant for you, then I don't think mugwort's the right medicine for you. If you're a person that is in recovery or for any reason don't want to experience possible mind-altering effects, this is not the medicine for you. If you're a person who's trying to conceive, this is not the medicine for you. So it has all these kvats, if you will. I think that's the word. But, or maybe that's the tie. I think that that's a piece of clothing. Well, you understand it has these disclaimers, right? But for anyone that's saying, nope, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, then if you're a person that wants to get in touch with your dreams, that wants to remember your dreams, possibly lucid dream, if you want to have a deeper connection during ritual space, a spiritual studies, uh, divination it's good for all of that if you're a person that wants to increase your blood flow for whatever reason it's good for that so really if this sounds interesting to you please contact me but this whole year has been a really cool year for me and plants because I've definitely gotten in touch with the earth and herbs in a way that I have never in the past. And it's definitely inspired by herbalists that I have met. So I'm grateful to all of you. Um, so this year I was able to go to my family's cabin in West Virginia. And this has been an amazing experience. This is where I spent, you know, summer weekends away with my family which is big so it was always a packed little cabin and I just have really fond memories of of this place and I hadn't been for many years and then this the summer I started going again and it's been so magical and we found a big mugwort patch just in the mountains of West Virginia. It's basically a dream come true, right? I harvested a lot of it and created mugwort smoke wands first. I still have some of those. They've been really a total blessing to be able to harvest and create my own magical materials, especially with something that's typically considered a weed, right? But to find the beauty in this 
to say, oh, and it grows in Baltimore, of course, it will fill up a whole vacant lot if you let it. But to find the mountain lugwort was very special and you knew that it was coming from this really rich soil with no lead in it. So, so that mugwort is also what I made the tincture with because you're just like, oh, this is the purest, you know? And um, so to be able to make my own magical tools has been a total blessing and to share them with other people around me. I feel so lucky. I've never been able to do that before. And then also I was like collecting mugwort seeds from a patch of mugwort that I know grows in Baltimore and these abandoned lots and it completely takes over. It's all over there along with some beautiful red clover and it's a really fun place. I mean, it's not like a fun place, but it's, it's this pretty magical spot. You know, it's right by our train tracks, actually, and I never really thought of that as being connected to Hecate, but gosh, it is, right? So right next to these train tracks, or like a little bit down the road, are these abandoned lots, and whenever I stop or drive by, there's just crows all over the place, just so many crows. So I went and was able to collect some mugwort seeds from there, and then I'm planning on spreading them um, kind of all over, but definitely in West Virginia, because I was honestly a little bit afraid that I over-harvested the mugwort in the patch that, that I harvested from, and I started to feel bad, like maybe I had over-harvest. Now, mugwort is a complete, like, it is a plant that is considered a weed and it will take over any space it gets. So it's not like an endangered plant that I took a lot of, you know, but I did take a lot of it and I started to worry that I didn't let enough flower. So I collected a bunch of seeds and I'll put them there in that space and by my aunt's house and, um, and then a little all over. So it's been fun to connect with the earth in this way of like finding plants that I know and recognize and harvesting and using and consuming them and sharing them and then harvesting the seeds, which I was inspired by. Mm, Jen is such a good seed collector and inspired me. And then now I'm like making these plans and investments for next season where I'll be able to, to make sure that, that more and more grows. So this whole year has definitely been a really beautiful experience with mugwort in particular. I got a mugwort tattoo. Shout out to hashtag tattoos by mad, M-A-D. Definitely check it out. You'll see mine on there. And, uh, and, and mugwort, it's been a great year for me and mugwort and for, for me and plants in general. Mugwort is Artemisia vulgaris. So it's connected to Artemis, to Diana, to the goddess of the moon and the hunt. And um, Diana's also a pretty rad role model as she never wanted to marry. She wanted to just run wild with her dyad and, uh, and hunt and honor the moon. So this plant carries all of that within it. Um, and some people call it crone wart because it has this 
It's not a fertility magic, right? It's not like in the triple goddess pantheon made in mother crone. It is not a mother plant. It's the crone plant, and because it's mystical and it's wise. <sighs> so that's all my mugwort musings. Let's talk about what else I did this year. So I kind of feel like to talk about this year, I do have to cycle back. Everything that I'm working on now, the seeds were planted in August of last year. I've definitely talked about this a little bit on the podcast, so I'm not going to labor about it. But August was def and, and into September, right? August, September, even into October, an intense period of time for me in 2016, I quit smoking weed, which was a huge deal because I was a total stoner and smoked a lot. So that's been a very big piece of, of my life to deal with moving forward as like someone who doesn't smoke weed. And it's been largely positive, but also challenging. Um, so that happened around the end of August. And then uh, right around that time too, I had like falling outs with some close friends and it was all challenging. My world was just shifting, you know, in so many ways. And I was going through just so many emotions and then changes in my real world. So, so much was happening. Um, then around right before or after Thanksgiving, it doesn't matter. In November of, of last year, I got my Reiki one. And that set me on a path. I mean, I was already on it, but that really, it kind of opened me up and allowed me to really see where I was going. Now I am remembering, I went to visit my mom in New Hampshire, like, the day after the election, right? So I don't even want to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. Was elected in the, you know, at night. And then the next day I wake up and I'm going, I'm going to New Hampshire to visit my mom. So it was super intense, but it was really nice to just be with, to be with my mom and to be out of the city during a time that was completely wild and painful and shocking, but also not surprising. And then I went and got my Reiki one. So amazing, right? Like what, what else can I do at that time except try and gain knowledge that's going to help me heal myself and that I can share with others, right? So I went to Pata, who's been on the podcast. You can listen. I got my Reiki one at that time. And then I went home and, uh, and oh, and the other thing about that was that I already, I was so completely set up to launch the Kickstarter for the summer tarot deck. So I had created my tarot deck. I had created the whole Kickstarter campaign, gotten the printing solidified, which was a complete project. It took basically all of 2016. And then I was finally ready to launch it. And then the election happens. And I'm just like, shh. It. You know, what am I supposed to do now? I mean, 
and there was a lot happening at that time, but definitely I was thinking about myself, of course, and about my own project. And I was like, I can't, I was ready to launch that week. You know, I was like, I cannot launch my tarot deck. No one's going to care about this. No one's going to listen. It's going to get completely buried. So I was really, um, I was sad. I didn't know when would feel like the right time. I felt like I was detracting. I felt like launching my project at that time would detract from all of the action that needed to take place at the time, the mobilization that needed to happen, the conversations that were needed to happen. So that was pretty tough, but I just waited a couple weeks and then I was like, all right, I'm doing it anyway. Like I'm not saving it till later. This world is obviously fucked and I knew I wasn't, stuff was never going to calm down enough that it would feel completely right to, to, to kind of start a phase of my life where I was going to ask people for money for, for my project over and over. You know what I mean? I mean, not that it felt bad, but, um, but anyway, it just changed. It changed everything, right? So I finally launched the project and was happy that I did. And, um, that, really took me into the new year, the beginning of 2017. I was still in the campaign for, for the summer tarot deck. And by February, I had made, made the goal and, and, and was starting the printing process of the deck. So just big shout out and thanks, gratitude to everyone who contributed to the campaign. You literally made my life's dream come true and it was overwhelming. It was amazing. I had this big project that I had been working on and it was finally coming into fruition. And then, so while I was planning the printing of that, I was also uh, working these jobs that just weren't really making me happy at the time. So I was thinking, I'm excited about the tarot deck. I'm not loving these jobs. I have to find a way to shift out of this, right? I was reading tarot, but needed to read more and needed more things to be happening within my life. So then I forget when exactly I planned on this, but it might have even been in January that i decided I was going to go to the Northwest Tarot Symposium in Portland, Oregon. And that was a great decision. It started on March 3rd. My birthday is March 2nd. So I just knew that I had to go, right? I was like, I'm going to have this tarot deck. I can bring it. I can share it. I can learn at the symposium, this tarot conference. Amazing. Um, I thought it'd be fun to go to the West Coast. I wanted to travel. Um, I wanted to get out of Baltimore, and I wanted to connect with tarot community. I wanted all of it. So the tarot deck, it was really supposed to be delivered kind of mid-February. But instead it was delivered like a week before I was leaving for Portland to go to the Northwest Tarot Symposium. So oh, to, that was my bad to, to really schedule myself in such a tight way but I got the tarot deck and I bagged them all up and was like delivering I had a party it was amazing it felt 
incredible to release the deck. It felt great. It still feels great. I'm happy about it. I can't believe it hasn't even been a year yet. I'm super proud of the deck. And I'm glad that people have it. And I'm glad I did it. It feels good. So did that. And then I was on my way to Portland. And I'd never been to Portland before. I always wanted to go. And it was fun. The symposium was amazing. Highly recommend it to anyone that wants to go. So conferences are great. When you're on a self-study Going to a conference and connecting to community, amazing. Really couldn't be better. The Tarot Symposium in Portland, it was good because it has a very affordable price point. I even volunteered, so I got, I think, like half off my ticket or something like that. And that was just based on the hours that I wanted to do. So I feel like you could even get more. Um, so there are options if even the price point to this conference is too much there are options like if you want to go you should just go you know um and there were so many good classes some of the classes that I went to I still think about often in particular Rune S. Emerson when I went to their um sorcery in tarot class that was amazing and the book's been a resource and then I listened to Rune's podcast and follow Rune so that was one teacher I'm so if I went and it was just to connect to Rune then that was that was exactly what I needed you know I would say it was slightly less useful for me as an east coast witch to to be connecting to community out there because I had come from so far, but it was exactly what I wanted. I'll say the other thing is conferences, they're so fun. You're going to learn so much. It's such a blast. It's also, for me, socially nerve-wracking, right? You have to be really brave, and I didn't know anyone. You have to go up and chat with people. You have to make new friends. You have to make new connections, and sometimes you just don't want to do that. So I remember being there. I remember having a really good time, but I remember being challenged socially, and I remember just taking it all in and realizing in the moment, like, gosh, I could be working harder to make friendships and connections, but also that feels difficult. And I just didn't, I didn't want to go there for whatever reason. And then I stuck around Portland for so long. I mean, then I just traveled all of March and in Portland for a week. And then I went to California. And honestly, like that travel for me wasn't like fun the whole time. Um, but it did teach me a lot about myself and about my path and about what I wanted. And so I basically throughout the whole time, because I'd been so through so many transitions in the fall previously, I didn't know what I wanted in life. I didn't know if I wanted to stay in Baltimore and root there, or if I wanted to continue traveling, if I wanted to find somewhere else and stay there, or if I wanted to be more mobile. Um, so it was all, it was all up in the air for me at that time. I really wanted to get out of Baltimore. So it was good for me in that way, but it was also kind of lonely sometimes. And even more than lonely because I'm such a solo person. I don't often feel that lonely, but it made me feel lame sometimes because 
I was in these very cool places, Portland, LA, uh, but with like no one to hang with and I wasn't really doing cool things all of the time. So so I I learned I learned a lot about myself, but I did read like all of Rune's book, you know, in 2 weeks and spent time doing those exercises like I basically, you know, house sitting in this beautiful house in LA didn't really do any like cool LA things I already I had already been to LA I already knew that I didn't really like the vibe to be honest but um I basically got to stay in this house and had my own like witch personal retreat worked with this book read it straight through did all the exercises did all the magic and and practiced and that was amazing it was exactly what I needed apparently and then I did do some cool stuff like going to uh, San Diego which was uh, dope and um and also Joshua Tree which was amazing and had such a good experience so so I definitely did some cool things but the whole trip it wasn't like your picture. It wasn't an Instagram perfect trip. You know what I mean? It had ups and downs, but it was worth doing. So I did that all of March. But what it really taught me at the end was, oh, I want to be in Baltimore. I said, oh, I want to root within my community. I want to build more and find more community. And it made me realize, yeah, I do love Baltimore and I really want to be there. And even though I'm a Sagittarius in my rising sign and my moon sign, so I have a very large inclination to roam, to travel. I like to do different things. I don't like to always stay put. And this is very true of me, even though I've never lived anywhere else long-term except for Baltimore, but I will often in my history leave for a couple months at a time um, or even moving constantly in Baltimore and also like holding different jobs and, and moving jobs a lot. So, so there's always movement and change in my life and Part of me really longs for that, but what I realized in that trip and through my divination and my talk with my spiritual guides and also just experiencing travel again, I'd been traveling in 2014 and really enjoyed it. I thought I could kind of recreate that two years later, but, or gosh, it's crazy to me that I went to California this March because it feels so long ago. Three years later, after traveling in 2014, and it didn't it didn't have the same buzz for me. It wasn't doing it. I I wanted to root. I wanted safety, security, and I saw that through coming back to Baltimore and finding stability. That that was the only way to grow into the path that I want to have. And that path might and hopefully will evolve into something where I can travel more and I can get out of Baltimore more and I'll be able to travel and work places and teach classes, which I did some in California, but not as much as I would have wanted to. Um, 
But I really, I realized that the way to create that life, it had to start with some stability. And that I wanted that in Baltimore. And Baltimore is just the coolest place to be. It is legitimately cool. And I'm happy, I'm super happy to be from here and to be here doing this thing. So that was a big trip in March and it put me right back here. Um, but when I came back to Baltimore, I fixed my living situation, right? So I found a living situation that worked for me, that was safe, stable, clean, affordable. So that was a big check on my what I needed to grow. What I did do in California was apply for Vipassana. So this was a big thing. Um, and I did talk about it on the podcast, but I went to Vipassana meditation, it's a Buddhist uh, meditation. And to learn, you start with a 10 day silent retreat. And they have these centers all over the world. And I applied for the one in Delaware, which is closest to Baltimore. And they are donation-based. So what you have to give, you offer that, right? Um, and I had friends that had done it, and I had heard of it previously and heard a little bit about their experiences. And then when I was in California, I just knew a, I know I have to go back to Baltimore, but I also knew that I needed to do something else. I needed to study and I wanted to increase my spiritual path or, or work within my spiritual path. And what really came to me was Vipassana. So um, I applied and there's... You know, there'll be a, a waiting list or you can apply several months down down the road. So that's what I did. And when I was in California, I really set myself up to, to come back to Baltimore for a period of time, but then have, have Vipassana to look forward to. And I went to do that in May. In between coming back to Baltimore and going to Vipassana, I was doing Tarot Club, right? Because Tarot Club started in November of 2016. So I was doing Tarot Club, which I loved doing. I missed doing it the month that I was gone. Um, so I was doing that. I started the podcast. I must have started the podcast in April. I'm pretty sure that's true. So I came back and I just kind of started all of these um, blessings for for myself and like things that I wanted to do and I got them started. Um, and then I went to New Hampshire again. So I was in Baltimore, but I found ways to get out, right? I was able to go to West Virginia every once in a while for like a nice weekend or a day away. And then I would also go, I went to New Hampshire to spend time with my mom and to get away. And that was amazing too. I love New Hampshire. Again, connecting to the earth, incredible connecting 
to the nature there and also to myself and the quiet, invaluable. Then I came back and did Vipassana, which was amazing. It was hard. It was really hard. It's 10 days of silence. It was super hard. But I made some amazing connections and I deepened my meditation practice. I learned a lot about myself and I think I really cleared some some space in my mind, in my heart, everything that I've been dealing with since like August of the year before, I just was able to clear a lot of that. And I'm so grateful for Vipassana. And I'll definitely go back and do it, do another retreat next year. I'm honestly looking forward to it. It was hard. It was so hard. I cannot forget how hard it was because what I'm left with now is how good it made me feel and what all the goodness that I took away from it. But I have to remember how hard it was. And I'm not doing the Vipassana meditation now. So maybe next year when I go, it'll really kick my butt enough to get me to, to really stick with it after. But I do have a good meditation practice I mean, it could be better, right? But it still feels good to me. And um, and I'll, I'll meet, I have a friend that I meet with and we do really deep meditations when we can. Um, and we go guided meditations. We like Master Stephen Co. So this is like, just to kind of review, for me, studying tarot, it's not always about reading the tarot books, right? And it definitely involves like going to the tarot symposium and taking classes with all these different teachers and getting their books and reading the tarot books and getting inspired by them for sure. Listening to the podcasts, absolutely tarot theme study, but it also involves the practice of exploring the world, exploring the earth and nature, and then exploring my own internal self through meditation. All of those things, my travel, connection to nature, meditation retreat. It was so important for my tarot work this whole year, even though it wasn't necessarily a tarot thing that I was doing, you know, but it was completely connected. So then I did Vipassana and then for the rest of the summer, I was definitely in and out of Baltimore. Um, I went back to New Hampshire and spent a big chunk of time there and I was in Baltimore a lot too. I was doing tarot, working on my path, building community and then finding solace in my getaways. So I had a great summer. Then I came back to Baltimore beginning of September. I'd been in New Hampshire for pretty much all of August, and that was amazing. The kind of work that we do when you're a professional tarot reader, especially when you work so much in person, as I do, the summer can feel very slow. People are away. They don't want to take classes. Everything just kind of slows down in a city in the summer. So 
that was a good time for me to get out of here. And then when I came back in September, it was like, okay, here we go. Things are happening. My podcast, doing it. Tarot Club, doing it. Began introducing astrology club, got it. Taught a class with knowledge exchange, tarot for healing, amazing. Expanding my practice, 10 out of 10. Then I was able, what I was looking for the whole time ever since I got back to Baltimore in September was I needed to find a job that would support me while I was also doing my work with tarot. So I knew that I needed something to to keep me with like a steady income because the tarot would come. I'll have so many appointments one week, nothing the next week. So it's unpredictable. Um, And it's building for me more and more, but it's definitely slowly but surely, right? And I needed some other work, but I was being really picky and I was waiting for the perfect thing to come up and then it did. So now I'm working with Meta Wellness Center. I was already reading tarot. I'm just more a part of the team doing office and administration work there. I'm so blessed. I got to connect with everyone in the Meta community even more um, to have a support of that as a resource, that opportunity to work, it is a resource, which allows me to get inspired and study more tarot and do more tarot stuff. It's just, it's the perfect thing. I'm so glad I waited to find something that was worth it. And I will tell you what I discovered along the way when I was, you know, needing a job, but wasn't finding the perfect one and I was reading tarot, but sometimes it was slow. Um, I personally really need something outside of myself to be responsible for, to have a schedule for. It's very hard for me to be self-motivated. And I find even when I'm working, you know, with Meta super part-time, But just having this other thing on my calendar makes me utilize my free time better so that I am reading the books, studying, doing the things I need to do tarot-wise, updating my website, whatever it is. It makes me really utilize my time a lot better to have something else and I guess some people must be good at just doing their own business and having that be the whole thing. And maybe if I was, and in the future, if I am completely booked with tarot stuff, I won't need this other thing on the calendar. But for me, I had to, it helps me to get motivated to have responsibility to someone else besides just myself right? Because I can always wait. All right. That's just something I learned about myself. The other thing that I have done in the fall is I took a mediumship and spiritual development course with Janet Seifert here in Baltimore. I've definitely talked about it a little. It's been amazing. It started in October and uh, lasted for six weeks. And that was so great. A friend recommended it to me. I'm so glad I did it. 
and it's definitely opened up um, a new and next level of direct communication with my ancestors and my spiritual guides and guardians that increased my cosmic, like big picture spiritual connection within my tarot readings for others and for myself. And then I'm hoping to, and I'm working still with, with Janet and, and her circle to open up my abilities to communicate with the spirit realm and then so I'm able to share that with other people, the people that I read for and, and the folks in my community. So that's been a blessing too. Not specifically tarot related again, but completely in that realm and, and very much touching on the same things. And um, so I would recommend going to Janet Seifert's spiritual development workshop for anyone in Baltimore. And if you're not in Baltimore, um, or close, then you could look up spiritual development in your area and probably somewhere close there's something, you know, whether it's a, an intensive class or a one day. And if there's not something in your area, there's a million things online that you could take and communities online that you can connect with. So if you're looking to increase your tarot knowledge and your work with tarot for yourself and for others taking a spiritual development course that's like a really good place to start especially if the teacher comes recommended to you or or really connects with you on a soul level and um and those things were both true for me with Janet so I was really grateful to have found her um basically brings me up to where I am now and you know the whole reason I really got inspired to record this podcast today is because I just took day one of our three-day intensive workshop with Baltimore Reclaiming the Elements of Magic so it really just got me revved up and inspired me reminded me I had something to share. So getting involved with the reclaiming community has also been something this year that's been very important to my tarot and my spiritual development, personal growth. It started in May. I went to the Beltane ritual and then I went to Lamas and to Samhain. Um, and reclaiming is a witchcraft tradition. You probably listened to Jess and Amanda on their episode of Tarot Electric. If you didn't, I highly recommend it. But there's reclaiming traditions all over. So if you're in Baltimore, please come to a ritual, to an event, to a class with Baltimore Reclaiming. And if you're not here, we've probably got a group close to you. So definitely check out the reclaiming tradition. It's an inclusive, radical social justice, environmentalist, oriented, feminist, um, you know, just rad, radical witches, highly recommend. So now I'm taking this three day and it's really an, an introduction and an induction into the way that reclaiming works, the way reclaiming 
structures and hosts a ritual, the way reclaiming does magic and how to do that within a group. I'm so excited to learn, you know, for me, I'm, I very easily take on the role of teacher and leader. I like talking. I like to have my voice heard and that's a a space I'm really comfortable within in a community or in a group of people is when everyone's quiet and they're listening to me. I love it, right? I'm less good at everyone talking and mingling amongst themselves. Then I get awkward, right? But I love to talk in front of people. Um, At the same time, I love to be a student. So I love to listen to someone who's teaching. Um, And this year has been a lot of both of those things for me, a lot of teaching and a lot of learning. So I'm really excited to start this this, uh, weekend-long exploration of magic with Baltimore reclaiming and it's really setting me up and getting me so excited for the class that I'm teaching with reclaiming in January um, where Amanda and I are teaming up to teach a tarot class and it's going to be completely incredible it's waitlist but please sign up for the waitlist if you're interested and you can come to a reclaiming ritual. I'd love to see you there. Whew, I think that those are, you know, those are the things I did this year in my constant pursuit for spiritual enlightenment and my tarot self-study. And as you can see, we've got some tarot-specific things, some stuff that's outside of it. Even the mushroom foraging class I took seems completely relevant and I think about it all the time and I'm always thinking about the mycelium network and how mushrooms root with us and so every when you learn tarot you're studying yourself really so that you can study and share with others (sighs) I hope that this is inspiring to you all really makes me realize how much I did this year. It was a lot and I'm probably forgetting some things, but I think we'll, I think we'll cap it there. I'm going to keep working on this podcast and I'm just excited to put it out there. Thank you all for being understanding with a little bit of an irregular schedule. To be honest, I'm also doing some retail holiday hours this December, so I am going to be very busy, and I feel like everyone's busy at this time. I have a bunch of amazing folks in the docket to have interviewed and have them share their knowledge on the show, but it's probably going to wait until the new year, so look forward to a Be More Tarot Club episode in the future, in the near future, and some other fun December episodes, and it'll really be a surprise to both of us of what what they hold, and then know that I'm working on lining up some dope interviewees. If you want to be interviewed, let me know. If you have a topic that you want me to talk about, let me know. I really appreciate you all. (sighs) I'm just going to cut it off there. I could keep talking forever. All right. Love you. Many blessings.